What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. Whether you've got something lined up or you need a fresh start, quitting your job is a huge life decision. In today's episode, we'll cover the signs to look out for that might be telling you it's time to move on from your current role. Here's today's main takeaway. Being successful and happy in MarTech requires having a true north for your career. Sometimes that means recognizing that your current workplace isn't helping you advance your career. It could be you're not happy with your work culture or you work for a bad manager. Or it could simply be that it's time to move on and to acquire new skills to, that are required to reach the next level in your career. All right, JT, I feel like this episode has been a, a long yeah. time in the making. Like when we think back to our teaser that we did for the podcast, it was one of the episodes that we dropped in the teaser, when to quit your job. I feel like most people that are listening to the show, at least like maybe at some point in their life have, have quit a job and um, you know, leaving a job isn't always about leaving a bad workplace or a boss. I know I've been, I've been lucky in that regard. Uh, sometimes you work for someone who's really awesome and uh, a really great company, but sometimes it's time to move on for your own progress. And that's kind of the angle we're, we're taking for this episode here today. And no one gets to decide that for you. You call the shots for your career. This is something that a lot of our guests have pointed out. And leaving a job is something that we want to present as being uh, objective. And like, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, a little later, but like making a list of pros and cons and comparing two positions, what factors matter most to you? What are your goals? But kind of knowing when to quit your job is uh, kind of what you said there, having a sense of your North star for your career. So why don't we start by unpacking that a little bit? What, what do you consider a North star for your career, JT? And I'm going to back up a, a tiny bit is because this is, this is like a little bit of an uncomfortable episode. Like you, you and I started some notes back and forth and we felt like, like our first take at this was like, Ooh, I don't think we want to go this route. And, <laughs> and we kind of walk that back, but it comes also from the fact that like my parents, your parents, generationally, we've, we've been raised in this culture, this work culture that you, you know, you're loyal to a company that you stay there for 30 years and get your pension and all this stuff. But like in tech and in MarTech, this isn't the case. Your tour of duty is 18 months to 24 months. Some people last longer. I mean, like I, I lasted at Clifolio for seven years, my first run there. So I think that like some of this discomfort comes from the fact that like traditionally in work society, yeah, you're looking at the long term. However, I think that's not the case anymore. I think workplace is extremely trans, transformational and transactional in terms of where you're taking yourself. So backing up and then coming back to the original question, your North, North star of your career. I think you and I started going back and forth and really talked about how the fact that in our own career, sitting down and like writing things out and, you know, coming up with where do you want to go? This is such a huge thing. It allows you to actually quit your job or leave your job and find a new job with meaning and purpose, as opposed to just reacting to situations as they come. You want to be proactive. You want to take control over your career. Yeah, I think this like um, approach of looking at folks that are like job hopping is is definitely like a, an old school mentality. Like I, I think today it's like less and less of, of a thing, like chatting with like HR friends, like that used to be a red flag, like when reviewing a LinkedIn profile, like, oh my God, this person has been at like this fourth company in four yeah. years. Like, why should we hire this person? We're going to spend all this time onboarding them and they're just going to look for the next stepping stone, right? Um, but I don't think that that applies to 
like the startup world or even like SMB world and, and marketers, like and you talk to most marketers in tech companies, like the turnover rate for marketing teams is usually higher than, than most teams. And mm-hmm. that's because marketers are excited about like trying new things. And we're going to talk about that a little bit here, but like the, the things that like when we first started talking about like what is a North star, uh, like we talk about that metric wise, like for companies, but mm-hmm. how do we apply the same type of metaphor to a career plan and something that you mentioned a few times is this ability to kind of like have freedom with your career as opposed to like the old school mindset that like man you're like you need to have a future and you need to focus on your pension and like the only way to do that is being at a company for 35 plus years and my parents both of them like have worked in government in ottawa for 35 plus years they made a great career out of it they have awesome pensions now but like those pensions plans aren't as common nowadays especially Mm -hmm. in those tech companies and yeah this idea of having like red lines of like guideposts uh, as kind of like a North star for your career. But like uh, the greatest way of explaining it is just like having a career mission statement for your specific goals or where you want to go. So yeah, like obviously these things are are, are changing as your, your career is progressing, but yeah, maybe talk about like the, the freedom side of this and having kind of guardrails. I think with with this, particularly with this pandemic, we've seen that people now evaluate their career uh, across multiple axes. It's not just the financial component, which is you know typically what you think of. I'm going to leave my career because I want to get a raise. That is an easy way way to get a raise, right? It's probably the easiest way to get a raise, other than having that uncomfortable conversation. And that's kind of what like when you and I get to talking about this, or I'm mentoring other people, like. I'm not advocating that you go out and quit your job necessarily, but I'm advocating that you take total control over your career. You make sure that you understand generally where you want to go, um, the things that are important to you. And if you, working for a remote country, a company is super, super important, go find a remote company. It's totally possible. Making big money is what you want to do. You know, Orient your career. If you want to manage other people, manage other people. But then the other component of that is um, your workplace may not facilitate this and recognizing that your workplace doesn't facilitate that like you don't hate your workplace to leave mm-hmm. it. Um, and that kind of brings me to the next thing that we want to talk about, which is the red lines. And in my own career, I've been mentored by, by senior marketers who've you know, basically said I was venting about one workplace to, to a mentor and the mentor said like, John, this is, it, it's, it's not about your personal feelings as pros and cons. When the cons of working at the place no longer outweigh or outweigh the pros, it's time to leave. And it was kind of just this weird epiphany moment for me. It's like, but I I can, I can leave and you don't need permission. But if you need it, I'll give you permission. You can quit your job. It's okay. (laughs) Find another job. Um, And if you're in MarTech and digital marketing and and you're in a good position to do that. But I think you have to have some red lines. Um, Phil, I know in your career, you've, you've, very much been in the driver's seat of your own career. Like talk us through some of the red lines, some of the things that you think about when you realize, okay, this isn't, this isn't working out, right? This is, this isn't aligned with my career objectives. Yeah. I like that. We've, we've given the listeners permission to to quit their jobs now, (laughs) but yeah, like for me, there's, there's many ways that you can make this kind of like career North star more complex than it, it needs to be like in its simplest form to me, 
the North Star of your career is kind of your vision for fulfilling three things of like an ideal career or like an ideal work environment. The first one is like having passion in meetings. So like we talked a lot about mastery and like understanding a craft and like honing a career around that. Like that's like looking for things in your work that motivate you, things that energize you. Like when you think of projects, like those are things that you want to do. Like you're, you're always thinking of them and they excite you. That's like the passion in meeting side for me. And that's like mm -hmm. super super important to find that. The second one is sustainable income, right? Everyone is working to pay their bills and, and make a living and cover your costs comfortably is, is easier said than done. Like sometimes your passion and your meeting doesn't always necessarily translate to like a sustainable income. So finding a balance between those two. And number three is kind of like pursuing this in balance of your personal life and something that allows you to spend time with family, build strong relationships and good health while still like focusing on your passion and meeting and having a sustainable income. So that's like this very simple formula for me. It's like, it's, it's almost like a guidepost mm -hmm. and it's kind of changed a little bit. Like early in my career, um, the second factor is like way less important. Um, and usually the third factor is, is less busy as well. So you can kind of double down on that first factor and discover what your passion and what your meaning is in, in your craft. So so yeah, like it kind of changes uh, as a definition evolves in, in your career, but yeah, I definitely see it as more of like a guidepost and, and yeah, I get the analogy of having like yeah. red lines, like you have an idea of like what your passion and meeting is. You mm -hmm. need to make a certain amount of money to cover your costs, at least like at a certain stage of your life, but balancing those two and your personal life and making time for like your health and building relationships and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And like, if you're sitting there and, you know, interviewing for a position, you, you gotta be thinking of these three heading in and you have to, we talked about this in terms of uh, one of our episodes about asking the right questions can land you the job. But when you're in a job interview, you, your, your purpose is, has to be, of course you want to sell yourself a little bit, but they got to sell you and, and you have to get a real feel of what this is going to look like, because if you quit your job and you get a worse one, which is totally possible, life isn't going to be good. And some of the things that I watch for is, you know, what kind of people leave the office, quote unquote, like, is there an expectation that basically you're always on, like whenever business happens, you, you're there. And it was one of the things that I found tough around some of the style of consulting I was working with, which, you know, I was getting, I was getting calls at dinner to my personal phone. And that was, that was a big red flag to me. Like, no, 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 no. When I, when I've done work, I'm done work. Right. I have children, children to feed and, you know, life to live. And I think keeping these things super clear in your mind is important. The other thing that I recommend with, with everybody I talk with is doing a career mission statement. <clears throat> I always, I, I've written one down. I've always, always maintained one. And I think this is really important just to have your own personal mission statements. I do that for my own personal life, but also for your professional life. Like what do you, what value do you get at your day to day? You're spending 40 hours a week at work. That's like a huge amount of your time. The majority of your week is spent working. So you got to make sure that you're getting value, extracting value about uh, uh, out of that. And that's where the career mission statement comes in. And I think this is, we're going to touch on this too, but I think this is so important. Is it's okay to change your North Star? I feel like mm. this episode is, I'm, I'm giving you permission. I've said before on the past episode, I'm not your mom, but I'm not your mom, but I'm giving you permission. It's all right if you change your career plans. I know in my own career, I've done individual contributor work. I've managed people. I've consulted. I said I would never do any of that again. And then I went back and did it all again. <laughs> it's totally fine to be like that. Um, and that's just the way life is. 
Totally. Yeah. I think career plans are meant to be flexible. Like my favorite part of the the North Star metaphor for career purposes is that the North Star actually changes and it's not exactly North. Like when Mm -hmm. you think of the North Star, like it's like all the stars revolve around it and like it's a constant and it doesn't change, but that's not actually factual. The current North Star is Polaris, but because the Earth's axis shifts every several thousands of years, like there's different stars that will actually serve as the North Star. Mm -hmm. And also the North Star isn't exactly north it's like a guide point like polaris is the closest star to the true north and is close enough but for most basic navigation purposes like it's it's more than good enough so i like to think like the career north star can change and it doesn't have to be super specific either like our sailing ancestors when we are lost at sea our north star is meant to guide us and we can always look up to the sky and reorient our kind of goals and ourselves and get back on course with things but it doesn't like you don't have to get hung up with like i need to come up with a strict very specific like career mission and like it's not changing for the next 10 years oh yeah even though i discovered that like maybe i don't love people management and i want to be ic like you know yeah. there's there's totally ways of making that dynamic right oh yeah and i i, I love talking to people who are like yeah i'm in marketing and in three years i'm going to be managing a team it's like i don't know if i want if i'd want to be managed by you like <laughs> you you can't put yourself under these time pressures because the situations that you work in may not allow for some of this to happen and sometimes you're going to evolve and think boy like I I don't want to go this route. And I think the other thing that like, as you're talking, I think is really important to keep in mind is you don't need to quit your job to manage your career and have a North Mm -hmm. star, right? If quitting your job is the best option, then go for it. But actually I would advise that talk to people internally. Like if you work for a halfway decent company, they're going to have people who, who actually want to retain you. It's way better to retain an employee than allow somebody to go off. So turn this North Star conversation less into a, I'm going to quit my job into a, this is my true North. I have the things that I know I need for my career, but I'm not going to be quiet about, you know, seeking those out in my own position. Right. And I think the thing that I like about your, your analogy around North Star not being actually, it's close enough is your orientation towards the North Star is also going to change your, your perspective here. Yeah, that's a great point there. Like, and we're going to chat about goals in a second here, but like, there's, there's a lot of like options that you need to cross off before you even like get to the point of like, all right, I'm going to start looking for other opportunities as kind of a way to progress my career. I think I've kind of tapped things out a little bit here, like before you make that assumption or you like, you declare that for yourself, there's a bunch of things to kind of like go through. And, um, like one thing that you and I talk a lot about is having a friend in HR like HR folks um, have a reputation of like really understanding the interdependencies between different departments. And like, if you're having issues because you're looking to like change roles a little bit, you want to dive more into like paid ads because you've only focused on organic, like before you start looking for another job that's specific to like what you want to learn, like chat with someone in HR or like have a one-on-one with your direct manager, like share the goals that you have of like learning more things about a specific area before you even like get to that stage, right? Like the, it's, it's not like the last case scenario or like the last resort, but there's definitely like things like if you like your manager, you like your job, like, like knock those down before you start looking for something else. 
Yeah. And you'd be surprised how often when you come forward and you say, like, I know once in my career, I felt like, oh man, my pay was out of whack with what I was, you know, you do that thing, you go to a meetup and you start talking and then you see like the average salary and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I was all upset. And then I went and talked to my bosses and I said, hey, this is where the industry is. This is where I am. And for them, it was like, they don't sit down and look at people's salary every week. They don't know that I was thinking about this and stewing on it. And and they came back and were perfectly reasonable about, yeah, let's match, let's match and 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 exceed the market rate and make sure that we retain you as a talent. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to give give your boss and your company sometimes the benefit of the doubt. And you I, you know, I'm if you're passive about the culture that you work in, um, you're gonna be passive about every culture, right? If you just say that, oh, it's a shit culture, I'm not gonna it's nothing good about it. You contribute to that culture, right? Like you, when HR is recruiting somebody else, they're talking about culture. They're talking about you inclusive. Um, so you have the ability to change it. And even if you can't change it for yourself, you can change it down the line for other people. And companies do learn over time and managers, you know, some managers learn over time, uh, not all. Uh, and I think that's super important. Yeah, that's a great point. Like, I, I feel like we mentioned or we we stress like this idea of, of money a few times. And it mm-hmm. definitely is a major consideration and like being happy at your role and like trying something else, but it doesn't have to obviously like be the main driver mm-hmm. for, for happiness and, and motivation. And um, speaking for myself, like it's, it's definitely not the main motivation factor for me. And like a good example of like your, your North Star changing very often um, could be exactly what we said. Like I, I, actually like recommend uh entry-level marketers to not even like consider salary as this main factor when they're early in their career like for myself like in the first first of five years i like barely considered salary like salary was just this like at the bottom of my list of like factors for looking at at another job or considering a job and the objective like my only career objective in the first like one to five years was figuring out what i like like Mm -hmm. discovering the passion and meeting and meaning and like the craft itself and the only way to do that is to try a bunch of shit and like ask like if you can take part in this project or like find new opportunities and like spearhead those projects like those were areas that allowed me to like carve a niche or or whatever and it wasn't until like year four to six where like you start changing your objective to be like instead of learning as many things as you can and figuring out your passion maybe then you can start focusing on like leveling up the amount of talent that's surrounding you so like we're going to talk about this like um hitting your specific stride and not necessarily knowing if there's like more untapped potential like a good way to ask yourself that is are you surrounded by like good mentors at your company? Mm -hmm. And are you mentoring folks that you think have a lot of potential? And so like in years four to six, like my career objective was working with top talent in the city in Ottawa. I knew that like Ottawa was a hotbed of cool companies. I wanted to work for a cool company. And that's why I applied to Clipfolio, you know, like I had those strategic ideas with my goal, but it was still like not about money. Like it was about problems and like figuring out exciting work situations. And then like years five to seven was like finding a niche or like diving a bit more into leadership. And so like, it's totally okay for that North star to change. And like for, in my example, like it wasn't specific at all, but it was a good like guiding post. Like in my first gig at Chipworks uh, and and tech insights, like I stayed four and a half years there because like I wanted to try out as many things as I could. And whenever I was like, Oh, you know what? Like I could apply to other jobs in Ottawa. I could have, but like, I was still like reaching my ceiling at the company. There were still so many people I could learn from and tools that I could dive into. So like it it has to be a very specific sort of exercise. 
very few things in my in my opinion are as important in your career development as getting a good mentor uh, mm-hmm. and working alongside people who are uh, high caliber as well they don't need to be more senior than you or whatever but just like when you put your head down and you're you're kicking the ball across the field you want to turn and pass it to somebody that you feel is going to be you know play their role very well and that's something um uh, I appreciate how structured your your career is. My career has always felt a little bit haphazard in terms of like, oh, well, it looks like I have an awesome mentor now. Like, oh, cool. Like I'm like I'm working for a cool company. Like, it just kind of happened. A little bit of luck there. But the mentorship angle is is the part that wasn't luck for me. It was it was definitely you know recognizing that you're working for a mentor, the capable of of mentoring you. The other thing that I'll mention is that um, really interesting in my own career is that working for a top tier mentor was very uncomfortable. And I'll say is that you don't think, you think, oh, mentorship, it's all like, you know, come gather around and have a coffee on the couch with me and I'll, and I'll share eons worth of wisdom. And it's, it, that's not how it's done. Um, mentorship is a, is a pressure cooker and the top mentors are gonna, you know, if you're working for a mentor, you can find them externally, but if you're working for one who's looking at your work, there's gonna be some very uncomfortable moments, particularly if you have a little bit of ego involved in there. So recognize the difference between a bad manager and a good mentor. Because a good mentor shouldn't give you a pass. You shouldn't get free passes at work and getting pissed off that, you know, you're getting called out for something. You know, when somebody who's, who's got the experience, who've scored many goals in their career is telling you, hey, uh, you know, pay attention. So it's definitely definitely something, I, you know, a little tangent there. But I, I think there's a nugget of wisdom there for folks who are listening. Yeah, totally agree. Like picking a mentor and it doesn't always have to be like in the company a mentor that's like in the same industry or like mm-hmm. a, a subject matter expert like you either like at mm-hmm. at clipfolio i had a lot of mentors across different departments and people that i i still talk to on a regular basis today because i like form those bonds and, and the relationships with those folks and they've like opened my eyes to a bunch of different areas like outside of just marketing so um that's a great tip there i love that jt the other thing you you kind of touched on a little bit that i think is like key for the discussion today is like now that we've kind of nailed like what a North Star metric might be or or for your career specifically, um, like something that I've like struggled with a little bit in my career is like figuring out like what it means to hit your ceiling or to like, um, like a a lot of folks are just like, yeah, I need to like change jobs because like I've, I've hit my potential here. Like I've plateaued. So Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? And like, when do you like actually know that like you've plateaued at a certain company? I mean, for government workers, like plateau is the the status quo, right? (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, perfect. I, I have plateaued. Now I can show up and drink coffee and surf on the web all day. (laughs) And I think it depends on what you want from your, your, your career. And I'm glad you brought it up because I think you're, for, for us in marketing, we're more ambitious um, in the MarTech space and the startup space. And I think, you know, if you're listening to a marketing podcast in your free time, you're probably well in that category of somewhat ambitious. So I think you need to constantly think about what stimulus you have for your own growth, right? Growth doesn't happen. You don't, you know, become a better runner or a better weightlifter because you keep doing the same easy thing over and over and over again. Um, however, recognizing this type of stimuli that you're getting is also very interesting right like you might hit a plateau but plateaus are there for a reason you're meant to you know i've been a, a runner for about last five years and off and on i'll hit a plateau where i'm like i can't run any faster this is the fastest i can run and i just keep keep at it and next thing you know you break through that so you got to recognize when it's a constructive or a deconstructive kind of plateau um and it's a it's honestly i feel like it's a gut feel you're gonna have to recognize like 
I go to meetups and, you know, if, if whoever's speaking on stage, you're like, okay, I know all this. Um, and you're, and you feel like, okay, now I want to find somebody who knows more than this person. It, it's tough. It's, it's kind of like a beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. It, it's definitely like, um, theoretical in a sense, right? Like I, I don't know if I've ever felt that feeling at a company where I was just like, I need to change jobs because I've hit my plateau. Like I'm not learning anything anymore. Like if someone says that they're not learning anything anymore in their current role, I think that they're doing something wrong because like, there's mm -hmm. always something you could be learning. Like, even if it's outside of your direct responsibilities, like picking up projects that are other folks are working on that you have an interest in, or yeah. like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like there's like, it's, it, it seems like there's a never ending opportunity to like within a company to like reach more levels of growth where I kind of like get this analogy a little bit is when you think that like the people surrounding you or like the level of talent that you're working with, like you feel that like when you started the company, you were at the bottom and like you, maybe you spent like three years there, you worked your way up. Like you think that you're a lot more comfortable with those folks. Now you're driving projects and like you start listening to like other companies that like maybe are in a different industry, maybe like folks mm -hmm. that you look up to, like that you're following or working for those companies. And then you get like ambitions about like working for a company in your mind. That's kind of like like a step up. Yeah, um, totally. That's like what I relate to a little bit more, but yeah, like this idea of, of hitting your ceiling and like with all the growth opportunities that you have in a startup, like it's, it's a bit weird to me, like, especially when you're, you're starting out and there's like so many things that you can learn and unbox. Yeah, to totally. And I think that's, that's probably between what, what we're saying here is, is the company itself is going to be providing that. Like if you're working for a startup and it never grows, then well, that's a sign. If you're working for a startup and you never get more budget, if your revenue targets are, you know, similar to last year and you're still not hitting them, like some of these are signs that the company itself is kind of spinning its wheel and marketers do want to work for companies that are growing that are succeeding we don't want to nobody wants to work for a failing business um uh even though some of us end up in that position um so i think it's it's important to recognize that um i want to move on to the next topic because i think it's it's kind of like you know the clickbait title of when to quit your job <laughs> we, we got to touch on this like when is it time to quit your job like you've gone through the work of your north star like now it's time to put your two weeks in dun, dun, dun. This is like a stressful situation for a lot of folks, right? Like, um, at what point did you realize that it was time to quit? Were there like signs that led up to it? This is going to be different for everyone. Everyone's going to have a different experience. Like, obviously, uh, like I'm super privileged in the sense that like, I don't think I've ever really worked in like a highly toxic environment and needed to get out of there for my mental health sake. Like, mm -hmm. please, like if you're in that environment, like you, you have our, uh, our permission to quit that job. And like, I don't know if it makes a ton of sense for us to like spend a ton of cycles on, on those things. Like, obviously, like if your mm -hmm. boss isn't supporting you, your coworkers don't like you, like you hate going to work and you have this, like, uh, I call these like Sunday scaries where like oh, yeah. Sunday rolls around and you're just like, shit, like my weekend flew by way too fast. I'm worried about Monday. I'm not excited about Monday. Like obviously when those things kind of bubble up, like those are obvious like flags, but um, like there's a lot more kind of intuitive uh, signs that pop up and like what else comes to mind for you? 
Yeah, I think, I, you know, it's always going to be up to you, the listener, to decide when it's time to go. Like, I, I do feel strongly that if the Sunday, Sunday scaries, I kind of chuckled at that one. Like, if you have the Sunday scaries or you're sitting down at dinner and you're talking to your partner or you're talking to your friend and you're pissed off about work and it's a trend, turn that trend into motivation to find another another job because yeah. you don't have like I've, I've worked with and in many different you know environments in my career and I can tell you that there's a spectrum and there's always a place that's better and I've worked in well, I would say I'm very privileged and lucky to all the workplaces that I've worked in are very healthy um, and I'm super super happy with 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 my own career in terms of the toxic work cultures or whatever the lack of that but I do think like there's other things that that are signs that is time um, you know your career is not getting that growth stimulus you need to work you want to become a marketing automation expert or operations or revenue operations person and they work with you know uh, some some WYSIWYG tool or something that's like this super, you know, uh, hacky system and you want to work with Marketo or Salesforce, well, you're going to have to leave. You're going to have to go find Marketo and Salesforce. Like, I think having those types of goals, it's it's fair to put that into into perspective there. And I also think like, hey, if there's an opportunity, sometimes there's just an opportunity you can't turn down. Like the super cool company gives you a super cool role. Like, uh, you know, I, I think it's worth and I don't want to sound too Machiavellian about this, but it's worth being realistic about this is that, you know, uh, business is business and they will survive the same as, as you will survive. If you want to part ways, you want to try something different, they'll survive, you know, and, and having false loyalty to a company, um, it can be a real downfall for your career. Like don't get emotionally loyal to, to folks, be loyal to the company, like still be respectful and dignified in the work that you bring every day, but you don't have to go down with the ship. Yeah. You don't stay at a job just to make someone else happy. Like yeah. you, you get lost with that idea. Cause like when you're, you start a job, like you're, you're so collaborative and you're working with other folks and it's like such a selfless kind of experience because you're part of a team, but you can't forget the notion that your career is yours to own alone. And no one is going to tell you that you're allowed to leave it despite like other folks, like liking you so much and wanting you to stay with the company. And like, Sometimes you, like you said, like you can't get that next opportunity at your mm -hmm. current company. Like you have a great manager and that manager is great at what they do. And like, you would like that manager's job, but like, you're not willing to wait like three or four or five years for that to happen. And like you said, like you, you start getting that itch for like other companies and you start following those companies. Maybe you follow the marketers that are hiring on that team. And yeah. maybe someday like an opportunity pops up where you're like, shit, like this is really interesting. It's kind of right into my niche and it like, it, it's calling out to my North star. Like it's really yeah. close to my North star and it's like pulling at me. I like the company. I'll go check that out. And um, yeah, that's the, like uh, what I've experienced anyways in my career. Yeah. The last thing I'll say is it, your workplace, like from particularly for mental health, I'll come back to this and then we can move to the next. But like for your mental health, your job should never feel like a character building exercise. Like you shouldn't be, I know I worked a job way back and pre-tech days, not on my LinkedIn. And I was like, I, I three weeks and I was like, I wanted to leave. And I'm like, no, I can't, I'm not a quitter. And it's like, I should have been a quitter. It would have been way better for everybody in, involved. <laughs> like if I was coming home grouchy to my wife, like what's the point? What's the point in doing this? So don't, don't you know, Use your career for the right type of character building. Yeah, I love that point, JT. Maybe we can uh, maybe wrap things up and, and end on uh, how to quit your job. I feel like this is 
a step in the process where folks just like glean over very quickly. Like I'll hand in my two weeks notice. And in this remote world, like it's even more awkward or, or, or weird to kind of hand in your, your two weeks. Cause like you, oh, yeah. you can't really do it physically. Um, but this is kind of an unsung part of the process, right? Like making sure that you're not burning bridges, this kind of like typical, um, saying there, but this is totally true in my experience, like the, in, especially like in marketing, like it's a very small industry, let alone yep. like the industry in the city that you're working in. Like your reputation is very closely tied down to like what other folks in the city think of the quality of work that you do. And so like, if you're with a company for X amount of time and they've invested resources in you like the least you can do is end that relationship on a happy note give two weeks give more than two weeks if you can and in specific cases like if you're a one-person team and you haven't done a ton of documentation because you're in startup like don't leave your team in a shitty position like try to do as much work as you can to leave the team in a good spot for success because like i i still talk to my previous managers um in, in oh, yeah. previous companies um and so yeah like uh, i don't know if you want to touch on that yeah, I think uh, I think one of the things that I've always thought of is when when if you have grievances, and I think we've all worked in places where you've had some grievances, the time to air those grievances is before you put your resignation in. When you put your resignation in, for your own mental health, not even for the company's benefit, like let go of that. Don't go on Slack and talk shit now about everybody because you have the freedom to do so. You had your opportunity as a paid employee. Leave them alone, right? Don't don't talk. Don't poison the water. Salt the ground on on your way out the door. HR should do. You know, any self-respecting company will have HR do do an intro interview with you. Uh, of course, yeah, be constructive in what you share. But yeah, don't be. There's no need to do that, and it's not good for you, honestly. Like just having the toxicity there. The other thing I'll say, like how to quit your job, is sometimes you don't have to quit your job. And what I've seen increasingly in, in the industry is that people are open to all kinds of weird hybrid, you know, models. Uh, I left when I left Clipfolio uh, in 2019, I left on such good terms. I was a consultant with them for almost two years after, after right? Like I didn't hate my job. I love the people I worked with. Like I, I shed tears as I left the office and, and for the last time. And I thought, like how, like, how does this journey end? Right. And for me, it was a, there was a continuation. I kept a, I kept a foot in there, uh, throughout that, that gap between coming back, obviously I'm back there again. Um, and I feel like I've left the other workplaces in, in a, in a fairly good standing. And I do think it's like, it's really important not to burn bridges. It's, it can be tempting as hell when you want to like throw some shade and, you know, get your last one in. But I, I think you kind of give up that right uh, after, but that doesn't mean you don't have it now. If you're pissed off or you don't like something about your job, go deal with it. Like totally. Yeah. You have our permission to go, to go talk to, go talk to HR. They'll, they'll help you. You heard it here first, folks. You can't stay at a job to make others happy. Your career is yours to control. Leaving a job isn't always about leaving a bad workplace or a bad boss. Sometimes it's time to move on for your own progress. So we'd be curious to hear from you guys. What's your career North Star? <laughs>